Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Tomorrow's Tune In podcast. I am your host, Chris Marshall, and this is show number 17 for the month of February 2009. Today on the show, I got something really special for you an interview with editor of Right Now Magazine, Danny Fingeroth. And of course, if you guys are familiar with tomorrow's products, you know that right now, number 20, the February issue, is the final issue. So Danny comes on the show to talk about this issue, which features the Frank Miller Spirit movie, and to do a little reminiscing on what Right Now has meant to him and meant to the industry. So we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. But first, let's get right to the news. And this weekend coming up, the New York Comic Con is going on, and tomorrow's is all over this. The con, of course, runs from February 6th through the 8th. I hope you guys can come by the booth, which is booth number 1703, and come by and say hello to John Morrow and the rest of the crew. I will not be there, sadly. I am stuck in Detroit, but, you know, maybe next year. (laughs) Who knows? You never know. But if you do go by the booth, tell John that you love me and you love the podcast. He'll get a kick out of that for sure. And then if you really want to see what Tomorrow's Publishing is all about, come by the panel that we are hosting on Saturday the 7th from 145 to 245 in room 1A17. And I'll read the caption on this. Tomorrow's Publishing is the home of the acclaimed magazines such as the Jack Kirby Collector, Alter Ego, Back Issue, Draw, Right Now, and Brick Journal, and of books such as the Modern Master series, panel discussions and how to create comics from script to print. Join publisher John Morrow and a group of Tomorrow's authors and editors as they give a special sneak preview of the exciting new publications, print and electronic, the company has brewing for the upcoming year. And if you want to take a look at those publications, if you're not going to be there, hey, come by the Tomorrow's.com website, and you guys can download a free copy of the Tomorrow's Publishing 2009 catalog update. And in it, it's got a bunch of great books coming up, and you can even get a regular copy, which is a number of pages, delivered right to your door. And best of all, like I said, it's free, so why wouldn't you do that? For all other information, come by the Tomorrow's blog at the aforementioned Tomorrow's.com website. And if there's any special news and notes that happens over the course of the New York Comic Con, I'm sure John will blog about it. And he always does a reminiscing of the con anyway, so look for something to come out next week. I'm sure sure he'll get something done. And also, subscribe to the blog with your favorite RSS reader. It's the best way to keep in touch with all the happenings here at Tomorrow's. Let's take a look at all the upcoming books for February 2009, and there are a lot of them. And, of course, all dates are subject to change. Let's start off with right now number 20, and I'm going to get into right now 20 with Danny, so I'm not going to go over everything that is involved because he does a pretty good job of it himself. But I should tell you that it is going to be 6.95, 80 pages, and it is due out February 11th. Draw number 17 is next up for 6.95, 80 pages. It is due Wednesday, February 18th, 2009. Draw number 17 goes behind the pages of the hit series of graphic novels starring Scott Pilgrim's slacker hero and wannabe rock star with his creator and artist Brian Lee O'Malley to see how he creates the acclaimed series. Then learn how BPRD's Guy Davis works on the series in an exclusive tutorial. 
Plus, there's the latest installment of Comic Art Boot Camp, this time on Learning from the Great Cartoonists by Brett Blevins and Mike Manley. All this, plus reviews and resources for artists and a lot more. This book, of course, is edited, as always, by Mike Manley. Next up, the Collected Jack Kirby Collector, Volume 7, for $29.95. It'll be a 288-page trade paperback and is due Wednesday, February 25th. This seventh trade paperback completes the compilations of the first 30 regular-sized issues of the Jack Kirby Collector, the critically acclaimed magazine about Kirby's life and career. This volume reprints the Jack Kirby Collector number 27 through 30, with an in-depth look at Jack's 1970s Marvel Comics work and his 1980s work in comics and animation, plus a special two-part focus on how widespread Kirby's influence is. It features rare interviews with Kirby himself, plus new interviews with Watchmen's Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, Neil Gaiman, Bones' Jeff Smith, and even Mark, Luke Skywalker, Hamill, and others. It's see page after page of rare Kirby art, including a new special section with over 30 pieces of Kirby art never before published and more. This book is edited by John Morrow. Speaking of Jack Kirby Collector, we've got the Jack Kirby Collector number 52 for $9.95, 84 pages. This, of course, is always done in tabloid format. It is due out Wednesday, February 25th, and in this issue... Spotlight's Kirby Obscura, uncovering some of Jack's most obscure work. Learn about such little-known projects as an unused Thor story, his unseen Bruce Lee comic, that's pretty cool, his animation work, his stage play, and see original, unaltered versions of pages from Commandy, Demon, Destroyer Duck, and more. It also includes a feature examining the last page of his final issue of various series before editorial tampering complete with lots of surprises. There's also Mark Evanier's regular column about his former boss, two huge Kirby pencil art galleries, a complete Golden Age Kirby story, a color Kirby front cover inked by Don Heck, and a color back cover inked by Paul Smith. This book is edited by John Morrow. Lastly out for February, we've got the Modern Masters Volume 21, Chris Sprouse, for $14.95, 128-page trade paperback, Due out Friday, February 27th, the artwork of Chris Sprouse is hard to categorize. It is fresh yet familiar, modern yet classic. Perhaps that is why such titles as Supreme and Tom Strong, both written by the legendary Alan Moore, were a perfect vehicle for his work. Regardless, one category this Eisner Award-winning artist easily falls into is that of a modern master. Join Todd DeZago and Eric Nolan Weathington as they explore what makes Chris Sprouse such an influential for force in the comic book industry. This book presents a career-spanning interview and discussion of his creative process, plus plenty of rare and unseen art, including a large gallery of commissioned work. And speaking of modern masters, coming after Chris Sprouse, you guys may be interested in knowing that in April of 2009, we are going to have Volume 22 focusing on Bar Mark Buckingham. That is a little bit of a tease. That's all we have for the month of February. That is due in stores. Again, like I said, dates are subject to change. But without further ado, let's get right to the interview with Danny Fingeroff on right now number 20, and I'll catch you on the flip. 
So here we are back in the Tomorrow's Student Podcast with editor of Right Now Magazine, Danny Fingeroth. Danny, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for inviting me, Chris. Uh, we talked last summer about Right Now Magazine, and now it so happens it's coming to a close after 20 issues, and the 20th issue is going to be coming out in late February, early March, touching on the spirit. And before we get into the contents of that magazine, let's take a look back and reflect on your time at Right Now and really what it all means to you. Uh, do, do we have some violin music coming yeah. up in the background or anything? Or, um, well, you know, it it, um, it it was a it was a journey that took me, um, you know, to to different places than uh, than I expected. Um, you know, I, I first proposed it to John uh, six or seven years ago because um, I I saw there was nothing on the market that was really like it you know uh, you know i saw that mike was putting out uh, his wonderful uh, mike manley was putting out his wonderful uh, draw magazine and uh so i thought you know uh, in comics uh you know the the art is the very uh, sexy part it's you know, everybody you know every kid even people who end up becoming uh, writers or editors uh now the first thing you see is an art so when you're a kid you want to be a comic book artist even even if even what you're really enamored of or what your skill really uh, involves is is um, is writing or editing or some other aspect, lettering, coloring. Um, um, so uh, I, I thought you know there should be a, a magazine dedicated to writing, um, and uh, so John actually was thinking along the same lines around the same time, and uh, we agreed uh, to put out uh, right now. Um, so I am. I, I, um, I, I'm I'm very proud of the of the run. We had you know uh, incredible interviews with people and how tos and and a lot of uh, nuts and bolts that uh, showed you know how you know an idea on a cocktail napkin becomes a script, which then becomes you know thumbnail art, which becomes uh, pencils and inks in a comic. And and I think the thing that I um you know that I did that uh, that is is hard for any interviewer to do because you're trying to be polite and not be a nag to your interview subjects it's real is get people to talk about what what changed them from being somebody on the outside looking in to somebody actually being in the business um it's a hard thing for most people to pinpoint because they I, I, as i found most uh, writers and artists um take their own careers for granted and so um you know they're not even aware that the fact that they you know, used to go to summer camp with the cousin of somebody who worked at a comic company, and that sort of helped them get in the door, or, 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 or you know, any little thing like that. Um, and I think that's inspirational to people to read about uh, successful uh, writers and artists. Um, not that they can, not that they can go back and live that person's life, but it gives them an idea for how they can, you know, use their own personal situation and contacts to um, showcase their skills and their accomplishments. So I, I think that's sort of a unique thing we did. And, and, of course, you know, the name drop, I mean, we had tips from people like Stan Lee, the late great Will Eisner, Neil Gaiman, Brian Bendis, uh, Mark uh, Millar, Ed Brubaker, Joe Straczynski, Todd McFarlane, Paul Levitz. Um, you know, we had, like, the best of the best, uh, and I'm leaving out 100 names here, participating in in different uh, aspects of the magazine so it's a uh, it was a great ride yeah you even said that producing right now for tomorrow's has been one of the highlights of your career which 
you know, it, it definitely is. It's a, it was an amazing run. And what's great is all these issues are still going to be available online at tomorrows.com for in, in the indefinite period, really. Uh, well, that, that, that's the, you know, the, you know, sort of the, uh, the internet, um, uh, has that great function of being this uh, permanent archive that people can have access to, um, you know, anytime they want. Um, and that's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice feeling to know that, uh, that all this material, um, you know, will, uh, will still be around. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I guess I'm a, a paper and a print kind of guy. So I'd, I'd still encourage people to, uh, you know, to buy the uh, back issues, just you know, to to have and to hold, as it were. Um, um, but yeah, but the digital thing is certainly uh, is handy, and it's revolutionizing everything uh, in all media. As I don't have to tell you or the, or uh, the listeners. As in fact, you're listening to this on your computer. Right. Should be a clue about that, you know, <laughs> or on your iPod. Well, you mentioned a, a bunch of names, and there's also the best of right now, the trade paperback collection which has got all those great interviews in, in it. And hopefully there'll be a second best of right now trade paperback in the future. Uh, well, thanks. You know, I hope so. You know, certainly we could have filled up a half a dozen volumes. You know, there's very few, there's very few things I look back and, 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 and wince at in the magazine. And, of course, I'm not going to tell you what they are because, you know, that may end up being somebody's favorite thing. You know? <laughs> um, but mostly... Uh, you know, I accomplished uh, what I set out to do uh, with the magazine. You know, with help from uh, you know, uh, you know, great people like Bob Greenberger and uh, Eric Fine and um, Liz Gerline and uh, Chris Day and uh, and uh, David Greenwald and the rich folks and just you know, and, John, and of course John uh, Morrow, John and Eric Nolan Worthington. Uh, have been, uh, you know, just rocks um, and always there and, you know, ready to do whatever it takes to get the magazines uh, as good as they can be. So, you know, it's, it's just, um, you know, working uh, with with all the different uh, designers and uh, managing editors and, and the Tomorrow's uh, uh, guys and gals has, has just been, uh, you know, it's been great. It, you know, the magazine... You know, the magazine and and all the Tomorrow's uh, products looks like they were produced by, you know, a staff of a hundred people in, uh, you know, in 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 a publishing uh, skyscraper somewhere. And of course, the fact is, it's a skeleton crew spread all over the world. And you know, and again, once again, thanks to the internet, we're able to, you know, send stuff back and forth and uh, virtually instantaneously. So it's it, it's. It's 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 a labor of love uh, on all on all parts. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure what your question was, but <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious when you have this idea in your head from a, a publisher standpoint or a writer standpoint, and you have this concept of of a right now magazine or really any magazine. How does it change through the course of 20 issues? How does it how does it grow? Does you get input from other people and your idea, your original idea takes a different direction or has it really been the same course as as you wanted it to from the beginning? No, I I it it changes and evolves, you know. Um I'd say that um one thing that happens is you start putting out a magazine and and people start sending in ideas either to promote their own uh careers, which is you know, which is great, and, and uh, if, it, if it also coincides with the uh, teaching 
and uh, historical purposes of right now, it's fine. I'm happy to to uh, you know to, to, to have people show how their their series or their character um, developed from some notion they had one day on the bus to you know a comic that you uh, hold in your hand. Um, so I'd, I'd say having input from um, ideas from people you know who read or have heard of the magazine was a big difference. Um, I, I think, you know, it's funny. I think, you, you know, in all these things, there's, there's something you gain and something you lose. If you go back to the earlier issues, um, I had never really uh, done a whole lot of interviewing before. Mm-hmm. And so um, they kind of sprawl all over the place. And, I, and, and, and I, I never, I mean, they're heavily edited, you know, to get that casual conversational sound in, in, in most cases you have to do a lot of editing, but I left a lot of sort of asides in and digressions, and so I and so as I learned more about becoming uh, a magazine writer and editor, um, I think I um, edited things so that they were um, more direct and more compact, you know, which I think in terms of pure information was an improvement, but I, I do look a little nostalgically back on those first sprawling interviews, and I say to myself, I can't believe I didn't cut that out. But on the other hand, I'm glad I didn't, because it's great. You know, there were at least a couple of places, you know, in that kind of limbo period in the, uh, you know, early 2000s, where people who uh, had been getting a lot of work at one point uh, in the 80s and 90s suddenly weren't, and they and they and they felt angry enough about it to kind of complain about it in the magazine and allow me to print that and you know so a it's sort of a funny look at a period in comics history and b a lot of those people ended up getting work because like editors would say I read it right now you weren't getting work I got some work for you, <laughs> you know? so that's actually one of you know when you say uh, unintended or unexpected uh, consequences so you know so I think the magazines the you know say uh, uh, you know as the run went on it became you know, more focused and uh, and less of those digressions. Those digressions were fun, and uh, you know, and, and in you know, and in some ways, um, you know, pulled the curtain back on how the sausages uh, are made. That uh, maybe in later issues, I I felt was less appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned that with editors calling up because. It seems like whoever I've talked to in the in the comic book business, everybody is on call. Artists, writers, you name it. Inkers, I mean, everybody. Their phone is always available for uh, for that quick job. Right. Well, you know, that's the very definition of being a freelancer. Right. You know, is that uh, you're 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 uh, you're a writer or artist or or or, or whatever for um, for hire. And you know, it means that you don't love every job you do, but uh, you know, sometimes you do get to you know, do those dream jobs or, or get to express yourself more than uh, at other times. You know, it's, uh, it's you know, I think I, I try to, you know, get that across to people also and right now that, that being a professional writer for, you know, all a part of your of your livelihood uh, in, in titles, uh, entails a certain realities that uh, you have to deal with. You know, I, I, I getting back to something we were talking about before, I, I felt that, um, you know, it's a tough road to hoe for uh, for writers. I think, you know, for for artists, you know, uh, you can sort of, if you're at all honest with yourself, you can sort of see that maybe you don't draw as well as uh, Jim Lee or or, or uh, you know or um, 
uh, you know, or, or Mark Bagley or some of the other top uh, artists in the business, you know, and, and if you can't see it, you know, uh, if you if you show your samples a few times, eventually you get the idea of what you need to improve on, and uh, you know, and, and an editor at a convention or 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 um, or ever can flip through your artwork and, and get an idea, you know, within a couple of seconds of whether they want to hire you or encourage you or not. Writing is a is a tougher thing. Everybody you know, has to write uh, as part of their life from the time you start uh, school in first grade. You know, you're writing stuff for assignments and, you know, no matter what your job, um, you're going to, in most cases, be doing some writing. And, you know, so everybody thinks they they can write and, and um, you know, but to write, you know, well, uh, you know, in terms of your day-to-day uh, job or to write a note, uh you know, to your wife in the morning about uh, what needs to be done during the day. Well, all that kind of stuff is different than writing fiction and writing fiction well and writing a well-structured story. And, uh, you know, and, and I thought that, well, gee, you know, writers really don't have a chance to get professional input because it does take a lot of effort for an editor to read your work. Um, you know, the skills are subtle, you know, and, and to look at your own stuff and, and measure it against the professional uh, printed uh, work, you may say, well, mine's as good as that. What's the difference? And, uh, you know, without being, um, you know, mean to the readers, I, I always wanted to put it in the most positive uh, possible terms. I tried to show, here's what makes something professional. Here's what makes, here's why, even though you may have, you know, you spell check and all your words are spelled right, and, uh, you know, and, and, and you may have set uh, some kind of format uh, you know, on, on on your word processing program, here's what the professionals do that you're not doing. Here's here's what needs to be done. Here here it is in their own words, and uh, you know, I also try that's why I tried to interview editors to get their point of view on what they were looking for. Uh, you know, to, to talk to artists and see, you know, how they uh, liked working on uh, people's uh, uh, scripts and what they enjoyed working on and 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 uh, what made their life easier. But, uh, you know, writing is a much more invisible art and craft than art is, as it should be. You know, if you're, you know, unless you're a professional or wanting to be one, if you're reading a story and thinking about the writing, it means that the story is not, you know, has not pulled you in and is not creating um, the illusion of, uh, of, of reality uh, that, that you're looking for. So, so I just felt like right now served a function that other, uh, that other uh, fields had. You know, there's lots of um, you know, certainly magazines about uh, movie script writing and about novel writing. You know, I mean, there's a, you know, there's Writer's Digest. You know, there's a, you know, there's a, you go to the magazine store or the or, or or more and more to the web, and there's lots of resources for writers of stuff. But you know, certainly when the magazine started, it wasn't so much for a comics uh, writers. You know, I, I learned that also through teaching classes at uh, NYU and the New School that. Um, you know, there was this mystery around it that uh, I thought uh, people should be able to, uh, you know, see behind the curtain and see what went on. I know that in in my life in comics, just as a comics fan, the the older I get, the more I'm intrigued by the writing. And the the current thing that I'm reading right now is the entire run of the Spirit Archives by Eisner. Uh, and yeah. I, I really find that his writing is more interesting to me than the uh, the art. And I, I don't know where it, it just kind of dawned on me. I mean, I like I like the mystery aspect and the writing and the dialogue, and the art is fantastic too. And actually, I'm in the middle of it where uh, Jack Cole took over, while Eisner's uh-huh. off to uh-huh. World War II. 
But uh, speaking of Eisner, and issue number 20 of right now is all about the spirit movie that Frank Miller has done. And let's, uh, let's touch on that real quick. What can we expect in issue 20? Well, issue 20, which should be, uh, I think should be available digitally any day and uh, certainly within the next uh, couple of weeks uh, in print. It's about the spirit in general. You know, the cover is, certainly, you know, is, one, is one of the posters from the spirit movie. But I decided, um, uh, especially when I found out it was going to be, uh, you know, when we decided it would be the last issue of, um, of, of uh, right now, to make it as much a tribute to Eisner as it is, uh, you know, and, and the spirit as it is about the movie. So there's, um, so what you have is uh, interviews with uh, an interview with Frank Miller, uh, who of course was the writer director of the movie, and uh, with Michael Usland, who's the producer not only on. Uh, the spirit, but on all the Batman movies and on uh, you know just uh, just about anything you know involving uh, high-level comic stuff that um, you know is, is one way or another going to have uh, Michael's uh, uh, fingerprints on it somewhere, and so he's been a great friend to the magazine from the beginning. Um, I've got some uh, script and art from Marky Veneer and um, Sergio Aragonese and uh, Chad Harden's. Um, Spirit, the comic book, and uh, we talked to F.J. DeSanto, another one of the producers, Deborah Del Pret, who was the Odd Lot uh, uh, Productions, which was another producer. Uh, we talked to Dennis Kitchen, who was not only Eisner's agent, but a uh, close personal friend. Uh, then a guy named Chris Couch, who um, co-wrote a, a book about Eisner and is one of uh, the uh, preeminent Eisner scholars, takes a look at you know, at two spirit stories where Eisner adapted an Edgar Allan Poe story and an Ambrose Beer story and really talks about Eisner the writer and it's the article is called Will Eisner and the Art of Adaptation. Because um there were specific instances where Eisner would uh, adapt a classic into spirit uh terms. Um and then there's an interview with Will that I did back in issue five. So um I apologize to anybody who has uh, that issue, and uh, you know, and, and now finds themselves with the same material, but it's great material. You know, you could do worse than rereading uh, an interview with uh, with Will Eisner. But you know, I just felt, um, you know, what better way to go out uh, than than with an interview uh, with Will? And the issue also has a, a, a full length. Uh, uh, I don't know, well, I guess full length implies the whole magazine, but a long interview with Colleen Duran, who's a done a distant sto- soil and done work for Marvel and DC and is very active with creative rights. Um, a guy named Alex Grecian talks about um, how um, how he created um, Proof. Sorry, yeah. sorry for blanking out. That's there, all right. <laughs> I was waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, and and your your listeners will be relieved to know that I managed to resist uh, all the uh, Grecian puns. So nowhere is there any reference to uh, how much does the Grecian earn. There's no reference to Grecian formula. There's a Grecian formula. Although I did explore those in email with him, and uh, you know, he said, "Yeah, I heard it all before." <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some. There's also some uh, nuts and bolts material from Amazing Spider-Man uh, flashback story. It's Amazing number 574 by Mark Guggenheim, Barry Kitson, and Mark Farmer. That's the one where Flash uh, Thompson uh, is uh, is, uh, is injured in uh, in battle in Iraq, and it sort of ties in with Spider-Man. Um, so you know, there's, there's plenty of uh, material. I say, but you know, but uh, you know, the the magazine is uh, focused on uh, on the spirit, both the comic uh, 
and the movie. And, uh, you know, Will, again, was, you know, I, 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 you know, just sort of to go back to, to the overview, my, you know, you know, the people, I'm grateful to everybody who took the time and effort to be interviewed for or to write articles for right now, but certainly people early on uh, in the magazine's run before it had been established, before they'd seen a copy, uh, people, you know, Stanley especially, um, but Will also took a chance and, and agreed to be interviewed for this magazine that at the, at the time I, I'd asked him, you know, it was just starting up. And, you know, it, it was really uh, uh, an honor for me to have that interview uh, with Eisner. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that um, to go out uh, on a bang with this. And, uh, you know, and I, and, and I think in some way, shape, or form, aside from the digital uh, and print uh, uh, archives that are available, I'm, I, I, I'm pretty sure that there will be right now uh, special uh, projects uh, coming about uh, which i'm sworn to secrecy about but uh, you know you uh you know you i i i think uh, for better or worse uh you know you haven't seen the last of the right now brand oh good now would that have been one of eisner's final interviews before he passed away let's see this this would have been 2003 so uh, that's about it yeah so i think he was uh you know, I think he lived another couple of years after that. So I, I, I wouldn't want to make the claim, you know, because, you know, I, I think he was a guy who was pretty available um, to the press. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, what, what I'm proudest of, you know, um, I love comics history. I'm as big a geek as anybody. I read uh, Alter Ego and Back Issue, cover to cover, uh, you know, every issue. But I saw my mission as more about, you know, craft and uh, and professionalism and creativity and art, even God forbid, than uh, you know, than about uh, art with a capital A. I'm, that wasn't that wasn't a diss on any people who do art. You know, I'm just saying, you know, when comic people start talking about art with a capital A or when anybody does, it's always asking for uh, <laughs> you know to be uh, made fun of. But you know, I think there are many times, especially with the people I interviewed, who do do art with a capital A. So I. Sure. You know that that was always my my emphasis, and I was happy to have history in there. When you talk to Will Eisner or Stanley, you can't not have history, um, and they're the guys to give it to you. But my emphasis was always more on, you know, how to, and so um, and and so what I tried to ask Will was questions relating to how he came up with uh, ideas, how he handled different topics, you know, how he saw. The division of responsibility in his own work between the writing part of him and the art part of him, if there was any. And uh, probably one of the great compliments I ever got when it was in the midst of the interview, which I immodestly left in the interview, where Will compliments my questions. You know, mm-hmm. you know that, that was my big challenge when I was preparing. I was like, can I ask Will Eisner even one question he's never been asked before? Right. You know, <laughs> you know. And uh, I don't know if I did, but he, you know, he certainly at least was kind enough to. Uh, you know, to to uh, compliment me on them, and uh, and and um, you know, and and, and I, so I tried to come at it, you know, because I read like a hundred interviews that have been done with them before I did the interview, and I thought, well, let me see if I can, you know, a go back a little further and really dig and see, you know, some of the origins of the things he said before, and then take it a little further and get him to think a little, uh, or or at least to uh, to talk in a little more in depth than people usually uh, ask him about. So that. So you know, for a lot of reasons, I'm, I'm you know I'm proud of it. And you also thought it had been, although it isn't the best of, you know, as well it should be. It had been like a four or five years since the interview had come out, so I thought that was enough time. 
um, to to uh, have a laugh. And I think it just makes for, you know, especially with the Chris Couch article that goes into depth about how Will, uh, about some of Will's techniques, I thought it was a, a nice balance. What uh what other projects are up with you these days? You're gonna be at New York Comic Con. I will be at New York Comic Con. Um, and um, actually, before we get to, that, I just wanted to quickly mention yeah. that um, you know, there's the best of right now volumes. Also, Mike Manley and I, who uh, some of you may remember as the Dark Hawk team uh, for a few years uh, in the '90s, um, also collaborated on possibly the first ever trade magazine crossover. <laughs> <laughs> where we crossed over right now and draw um, to show uh, how a comic is created, from, you know, how a character and a story is created from initial idea. And um, we um, recorded our, some of our email and phone conversations and uh, transcribed them. And, uh, you know, so it was, a real, it was a real nuts and bolts crossover. And then we made it into a trade paperback with uh, extra material that we added, about 30 pages of new material called How to... Uh, create uh, comics from script to print that uh, is available, oddly enough, from tomorrow's. And also we did a DVD that, uh, you know, I must confess is more art-oriented called How to Draw Comics from Script to Print. It's a, it's a great DVD. Um, there's about 20 minutes of me, like, blaming on about uh, writing, um, and uh, I highly recommend that uh, just because you wouldn't want to live without something like that. But it, it, the, the DVD does focus more on the Mike's wonderful lessons about uh, penciling and inking and coloring and drawing. But, um, you know, so we, we did, uh, aside from uh, the magazine, uh, I, you know, I was pleased and uh, proud to have put out those, uh, those kind of related uh, projects. Um, but you asked me what's coming up. Yes, I will. I will be at New York Comic Con. I will. Uh, I'm a consultant to the convention again, as I have been since the beginning. Um, so I will uh, be on um, about five different panels, um, and you know, sort of, and there's a whole bunch of other panels that I uh, initiated and kind of am supervising that I'm not going to be on because. Uh, you know, I just think there's just a limit to how much people need to see me in person, you know. Um, but, um, no, there, there's a panel, um, there's a writer's panel, actually, that I do every year that uh, I've delegated to uh, the great uh, Peter Sanderson to moderate, and that's going to have um, uh, Tom DeFalco and uh, Chris Claremont and, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, Chris Gage and a few other uh, writers I'm blanking on uh, right now, but that's going to be a great panel. There's, um, so I'm doing a lot of panels. I'm also uh, have a, a uh, table in Artist Alley, and uh, so I will uh, definitely uh, be around. Um, I'm doing. A, I'm interviewing um, Jerry Robinson, the uh, Very nice. you know the uh, you know who's been. It's funny. I just uh, was talking with him the other day, and um, the guy is unbelievable. I mean, he created the Joker. He worked on Batman from you know nearly the beginning. I was instrumental in so many things. Worked for Stanley at Marvel uh, later on in the uh, 50s. But I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what this guy has done in terms of his career with cartoonists and uh, and cartoonist rights. And um, and, and uh, he's had like five different careers, and he's still you know in his 80s is still very active. He's just a remarkable guy. So I'll be into spotlight on uh, Jerry, and you know the it's at the con website. And uh, coming up sooner than that, actually this. Um, uh, this coming Tuesday the 3rd at a place called the YIVO Institute in New York, Y-I-V-O, and their website is www.yivo.org. And again, YIVO is Y-I-V-O. I'm interviewing Jules Pfeiffer as part of a um, 
Jewish American uh, cartoonist series. Um, Zivo is a Jewish organization. Uh, they they um, are the repository for a lot of um, the uh, Yiddish and Jewish culture that was saved from the uh, from before the Holocaust in uh, in Europe, and they continue that role um, with preserving and archiving. Uh, American uh, Jewish culture. So I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Al Jaffe of uh, Mad Magazine, which was incredible. And then this coming Tuesday, uh, February 3rd at 7 o'clock, is Jules Pfeiffer. And then two weeks from that, on the 17th, also a Tuesday, I'm interviewing Harvey Picar. So it's a rather it's a remarkable series. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, I think, uh, especially, you know, I mean, Al was great, and I'm really looking forward to Jules and uh, Harvey. So, uh, and I got some. Um, some actual graphic novel type projects uh, in the works. I've I participated in a graphic adaptation of uh, Studs Terkel's book Working that will be coming out in the new press in the spring. Um, mostly written by uh, Harvey, actually, but um, Bob Hall, people may remember him from The Avengers and, uh, and uh, from being a Marvel editor, and uh, Bob Hall and I have a couple of uh, short pieces in there um, about um, one about a, a Yankee pitcher from the 60s named uh, Steve Hamilton and one about the actor Rip Torn. Um, And I got a half dozen other projects that I'm sort of not ready to uh, quite spill the beans on yet, but it's going to be a busy year. Excellent. And with with right now going away, I know you get a lot of mail and questions and whatnot. Can people still get a hold of you if they have questions? How, how, How can they do that? Well, they, uh, I guess, um, you can always write to me a care of, uh, tomorrow's. So, um, you know, the tomorrow's addresses and all the tomorrow's magazines and on the website. But the quickest way would be, I'm still keeping active the, uh, email account, the, uh, right now DF, that's, uh, W-R-I-T-E-N-O-W-D-F at AOL.com. That would certainly be the quickest and the easiest way to get hold of me. And I, and I hope people do. I look forward to, uh, you know, hearing uh, people's thoughts on the current state of writing and uh, any lingering questions about the magazine and what I had for lunch, anything like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so yep, I'm still available. Excellent. Danny, thanks for being with us today, and we'll have you on again soon. Thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure. I want to thank Danny for coming on the show this month. Be sure to check him out at the New York Comic Con. And just to recap where you can find Danny, he is going to be on three panels the first one, Rough Guide to Graphic Novels, on Friday the 6th from 4.45 to 5.45 in room 1A17. Then he's got the Jerry Robinson Spotlight on Saturday the 7th from 2.45 to 3.45 in room 1A23. And then he's capping off his panels with Jews and Comics, A Cottage Industry, on Sunday the 8th from 12.15 to 1.15 in room 1A18. And don't forget our tomorrow's panel on Saturday the 7th from 145 to 245 in room 1A17. And also remember, come by the booth at 1703 and say hi to John and everybody else there. If you want to reach me, email or feedback, please send it to me, Chris Marshall. And my email is collectedcomicslibrary at gmail.com. And be sure to check out my podcast, The Collected Comics Library, the comic book and trade paperback podcast, the only podcast solely dedicated to news, information, and reviews on all sorts of comic book collected editions. Again, come by the Tomorrows.com website and blog where you can get 15% off everything that we have in stock. And if you can, please leave me an iTunes review and, of course, links 
are in the show notes. So until next month, everybody, hey, have a great time at the New York Comic Con, and we'll talk to you next month. Bye-bye.